Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing, business, raising capital, and expansion. Now, as you all know, my name is Peter Leung, and I'm a global real estate investor. I own, develop, and build buildings around the world. So if you've seen me on videos or on social media, working with serial entrepreneurs, investors, and fund managers for that matter, and family offices, talking about building wealth and raising capital and investing around the world. I'm also a private equity business and angel investor as well. And today I have the blessing of having one of my dear friends, a guy I've come to learn so much wisdom from, everything investing. And as a matter of fact, one of his core approach, his business approach has been adopted as one of my eight core philosophies of investing. I'm not going to steal his thunder, but th this gentleman, Dr. Tan, has won so many awards. He's won awards with Refinitiv Lipper Fund for three-year, five-year, 10-year, ending in 2019. It's also his fifth consecutive year that he's won the five-year and the 10-year award. Oh my God, this guy is the real deal. In which cases, you know what? He's been beating the benchmark by eight and three times respectively. Dr. Tan, welcome to the show. Thank you. You are an incredible man. As a matter of fact, I met you many years ago and it was because of an event I, I met you and you inspired me with your message. Not only that, but you performed better than anything else. It was not fluffy. It was all the real deal. And, and that was the one phase. I don't know if you remember, but it's your company philosophy, which is never be fully invested at all times. Can you first start off and tell us a little bit about that? Because you're renowned in the Asian Islamic fund and the fund industry. You manage huge amounts of money and you do a fantastic job. So tell us about your core philosophy of never being in, fully invested at all times. We, we are conventional investors. Uh, we practice value investing. We prefer to invest in undervalued stock, which has a growth potential. We believe we have the capability to mitigate the volatility of the market. The problem with share is that people like to grow with lesser velocity, but there's no perfect formula. You can only go for the next best. So I have been trying my best to handle the volatility of a stock market. Right. So we going through our experience and our research, we noticed that our philosophy never fully invest at all times uh, works. Because what we did is that when the market is very, very high, we need to sell the share. And why do we do that? If you sell the share and the market go to the highest point and came down, you will not be hurt fully. Assuming you invest fully at all times, and when the market is very high and you don't trim down, you will get hurt at the maximum. So that's why we say never fully invest in at all time means when the market was high, you must sell the share. Now, why is many people not doing that? Because when it was at the very high points, you, you got a problem because when you sell the share, you underperform first before you see your benefit. Now, the problem is that a lot of people are not willing to underperform. So that's why at the very high points, they are very reluctant to sell share. We are willing to do that. 
we are willing to temporarily underperform and then when the market goes down, we have the cash to buy back the share. Now, if you are fully invested, you get hurt at the maximum and you have no cash to buy. That's why if you look at our long-term track record, we have fund that is more than 23 years and we outperform by more than 450%. That's how you do. And if you go through 450%. It's one of the largest what the largest pension fund in Malaysia. And we now have managed the fund for more than 23 years. Our outperformance now is more than 450%. But after going through so many crashes, the key is that like for example, in 1998, we outperformed by more than 27% because we, we, we have quite a bit of cash. Then when it came down, we were brave enough to buy. Now, when the market go to the lowest point, you normally cannot buy at the lowest point. So there is also another problem. When they go down, you need to have a sense of the value. So when it goes down to low enough, you must buy them. But a lot of people are not willing to buy them because you couldn't get at the lowest point. And when you buy them, you will also temporarily underperform because right. you buy the it go down first before it go up. But if you have the confidence, you know you're going to have one, two, or three, or four, or five beggars, you will buy. Subsequently, you will outperform by a very big margin. You know? Okay. So that's, that's why I say our never fully invest at all time is very good for the long term fund, you know, for the long term player. You know? Right. Dr. Tan, this is the amazing part about what you guys have been able to do. Not only is your track record really strong, you guys really meet with the owners, meet with the organizations, you identify the operators to make sure that they're good business. And there's a few other things that you're really big into, which is companies that have very low leverage, right? Very low amount of debt. So how do you do that? How do you go find these undervalued companies? Okay, maybe I should explain to you. Huh? Our investment criteria is that we like to have low gearing company. Uh, mm. Why Why we would that? Because when the crisis came, most of the investors, the first thing they do, they sell the company that has a high gearing first. And and when they do that, they may also hurt the company so badly that the company may go underwater. So to, to, to go one step ahead, the best thing is don't touch them. Don't touch them. So just like, you know, don't take the drug, don't touch the drug. If you don't touch them, you'll never be a drug addict. Yeah. So we, we go one step ahead. We don't like to invest in company that has high gearing. So we buy company that has low gearing. One step further, our criteria is that we would like to buy company that has growth potential, not only is undervalued. Like I said earlier just now, we like to invest in undervalued company that has growing potential and the share price cheap, especially when during crisis time, even sell below intrinsic value. That's how you can outperform, you know? Right. So, so if you look at our investment criteria, low gearing company, growing potential, experience and good management, plus the share is depressed. Now you put these four criteria together and you use your judgment and you interview the CEO. You know that he's gonna make money for you. Then your chances of failure is lower. Right. So you, you, need to, you need to put this together, but let me explain to you. Even you have all these investment criteria, it doesn't guarantee you success. You need to put in your thorough research, 
you need to put in your experience to make it a success. Now, if you look at there are many of our, our long-term fund all outperformed by a very good margin. For example, our Dana Magma, which is a balanced Islamic fund. Last year, we win all the awards. We need a total of nine out of nine awards. And also, you can say we were lucky. We were lucky. Now, and that fund, almost 18, 18 years plus, we outperformed by, today we outperformed by almost 300%. You take a look, our outperformance in the long term is very good. Although I admitted that once in a while, we, we, we have a bad year. So that's why increasingly we ask people, don't give me the money to manage unless you can spare your money three to five years. Because right. our failure in the longer term is not there. Right. So Dr. Tan, this is something very interesting you pointed out, which is the ability for the fund to perform over long periods of time. And we know this, if you performed 18 years with some of the big pension money for 20 years, and you've outperformed 450%, we know that is not luck. Okay. We definitely know that is not luck. That there's some skill. But Dr. Tan, there's some really big players in the hedge fund industry, the, the fund management, Ray Dalio, Steve Cohen. But for yourself, you've got so much experience at 70 plus years old. You have nothing left to prove. I mean, you've done everything already. What keeps you moving forward? How do you continue to manage the business? And how do you stay focused? Is this your passion? What keeps you going? This is a very good question. A lot of people told me that, look, you have done all the best you can do. You have such a long-term track record, even compared with all the international legend, except that we are not big. So we are not that good in marketing in that sense. But let me answer your question this way. What is the difference between I have made it, I have enough money, I have such a long-term track record and good record, I can only go down. Why am I not retired? Now, the difference is this. I closed my company down today. I fire 30 people. And what good is that? Now, if I continue, I still can add value to the industry, to the society. Plus, a lot of young ones, they have not given a chance to go into this industry. This industry can only bring in so limited people. Now, I give them a chance. The most difficult part is the first entry. They don't even give them a chance. But we are one of the very few who will recruit a new guy and train them up. And if you ask me, that is a very good, good things to do. I don't make a lot of money, but I, I don't need a lot of money. I need to develop my own philosophy. I, I feel very good. And this is the part which is very hard to get. You feel good, you know. At times, we're not performing well. Also, a lot of stress. But life is like that. You don't have a situation, you're happy forever. But if you're happy, most of the time, you are happy, but you cannot be happy all the time. Right. So Dr. Tan, you, you want to pay it forward to the youth, right? To be able to do that. So tell me a little bit about this. What is the difference between a mega fund, like the Ray Dalio's, the Bridgewater's, the value partners, those guys, compared to a smaller fund like yourself. You choose to be a smaller fund because you're able to be nimble. The, the cash position that you hold can be better. You're, you're not trying to compete for the short term, but you're competing and you're delivering for your investors in the long term. Can you share with us from your experience the difference between a large fund versus a small one? 
Okay, I think it's a strategy of doing business. My belief is that I want to build a long-term track record and I only want a few funds. That's what I started with. So we have now have basically no record and now we built a very long-term track record. As long as anybody else, our ASEAN fund is, is almost one of the oldest. We are now ASEAN fund more than 26 years old. So at one time we were performed very well. We were ranked number one on our 25th and, uh, 20th anniversary for one year to 20 years, number one by Morningstar. This is a very good record. Of course, then later on, we, we have a little bit of setback. You know? Sometimes we also have redemption problem. You know? Now, that's the way I want to build my business. I want a long-term good track record. And believing that when you have a long-term track record, you automatically will have clients. Although at times you also have challenges, but that's what I believe. Now, fund management is why is so many people want to go to fund management because it, it's very scalable. Now, once you break the certain size, it's very profitable. Particularly like me, I, I'm a chief cook. I can do three, four-man jobs. I know how to do things efficiently and effectively yes. and and it's very scalable now i really envy people who can grow so big and, and deep inside a bit jealous they are so profitable because you only have limited stuff and then you can have that kind of size but i don't go and envy you know i i do what i think i should do but interestingly when i first started the malaysian office in 1994 january the third by coincidence that was the highest point Many people told me that, John Kui, you will fail. You know why? You come in at the highest point. People give you money. But two years later, you most probably close shop. Actually, I proved them a bit wrong. You know what I did, okay? When I come in at the highest point, what I did is that I don't want to invest. Then six months later, it came down. So I had the first contract, which is a big contract, which is a, also a sovereign fund. Then I grew from there and did I did very well. You know? So interestingly, eh, my company in Kuala Lumpur, we are profitable every year for 27 years after going through like six, seven crises. Okay, so, so Dr. Tan, here, I've got so many questions for you, but I know for the limit of time, I've got a few things I wanna cover. I, I wanna make sure that you can share with us because it's so important that you do and, and you enlighten me so much. So we're going through a crisis right now. In 2010, you were, Dr. Tan, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were awarded China's top 10 financial person in 2010, right? So what advice do you have for investors looking to invest with a fund, invest themselves in the times like this, which is that the, the prices are high, the, the crises is on our doorstep and with COVID. How do you enlighten us as to how we look at the current market, the economy, the whole thing today? I think I would start on this angle. We strongly believe that crisis is an opportunity because when crisis came, a lot of people get panicked and they sell their share down. They sell their share down way below intrinsic value. That's how you really can get a 10-bagger or, or even 15-bagger, you know, because they were so cheap. And But uh, worse still, if the other side is fully invested, and then they get hurt at the maximum and the people come and redeem and they have to force their sell to sell the share all the way down. And if they have 
quite a number of small to mid cap, the share will really come down because in the bad time, you sell the share, the share just go down. Crisis is an opportunity. What, what was the reason why value investing is so popular? Because it's very easy, much more easier to understand. That's why people uh, would like to go along that approach. So value investing is important. So if you are a young man coming into the picture, don't know anything much, my advice is very simple. Buy a couple of books, try to understand what's value investing. Ah, the other part that you should learn is that try to get close to people who know more in investment than you. That's how you start to learn. Read a couple of books. Now you have such a good opportunity. You can go to YouTube. You can listen to the people who are very good in value investing. And then you learn from that. There's no way anybody can give you a perfect formula. There's no way. So you must pick and choose to learn. But it's good to learn. Then if you feel that, okay, after learning, I understand. Now, if you think you cannot do the job, go and find a fund manager that has a long-term track record. Put in the money, especially when the market is bad. Don't worry about it. The market going down, they will go back up again. In the long run, the market will be there forever, you know. But not only forever, they keep on going up. The key is not to put in your money when they are at record high. That's why people are a bit concerned about the US market now. So on that note, you've taught us something very important. So right now there's technology stocks that are considered COVID proof where technology is sort of the, the crown jewel. And every time they talk about a vaccine, there's a big drawdown. And the reason why is because now the technology may no longer be a big deal. Now, of course, with Asia, Asian, where you're mainly focused on, you also have that sector where stocks have climbed really high and value stocks are not in trend. So you've got a lot of the the basics, right? The discretionaries, the banks, all that stuff is deeply, I wouldn't say depressed, but it's certainly on the value side compared to the technology side. So what do you do with that? Do you go back right now looking at some of the current situation because tech has flown so high that you now are looking for non-technology plays? Okay, it's a good question because you need to understand these two concepts. One is the value investing, one is growth investing. Okay, value, what is value? You shortly simplify, you say value stock is an undervalued stock that has growth potential and can give you superior superior uh, return. That, that's value. Growth stock are the stock that you think they grow above the market and will give you a very good return also. Right. But be careful. A value stock will become a growth stock, a growth stock can become a value stock. So they are actually not totally exclusive. Hmm. Now, give you an example, you know, bank at one time was described as a growth stock because the bank grow forever. Now, when the crisis comes like to this year, the bank has so much non-performing loan plus the COVID coming in, they are allowed and they are allowed for client not to pay them. So their NPL has gone up. So you see that for the last two years, the bank's earning is actually slowing down, if not even negative because of the NPL. So this formerly growth stock is not a growth stock. It, it, it's actually become a value stock. You know? yes. Uh, yes. Similarly, all the property also the same. At one time, the property are the growth stock. Then now you have a lot of problem. You know, your property, the economy slow down. People don't buy your property. And the property stock also, the earning has slowed down. 
yeah. tech stock is generally rated as a growth stock because tech stock potentially are supposed to grow forever. Like, for example, now the e-commerce are the tech stock. It's almost like a growth stock. Renewable energy, like solar, is also a growth stock because the demand is there. So it's changing. It's changing. So if you are an investor, you must adjust your strategy according to the new environment. Now, like this year, some of them are so negative at the beginning of the year. They say, hey, this is going to be the worst crisis you ever had. You not only have economy slowdown, you have COVID, which has never had before. But actually quite funny, it's not totally true because <laughs> you ship your investment to those that had COVID, like for example, rubber glove, within six months, some of the share go up 10 times, you know, 10 times. Can you believe that? And we have one of those stocks. Not only 10 times, if you buy the lowest, you are up 15 times, six months. Even mm, better than your Tesla. Yes, even better than your Tesla. Much better. You see, my view is that you need to adjust your investment strategy. For example, not only renewable energy, uh, some of the 5G stock, some of the renewable energy, e-commerce, e-learning, and even but at the good timing, you know, some of the pharmaceutical will also go up, you know. So there are I mean, electric car is there also. If you are such a good producer of an electric car battery, you are also in the growth sector, you know? Right. So you, you need to adjust. So people who know how to adjust actually did very well this year. Now, there's also another sector. You are so bearish. And not only that, you sell your equity fund at the lowest point and then shift it to the fixed income. I tell you, that group is going to have a lot of problems you really super underperform because your interest rate is at the lowest point. And if your interest rate go up, you can even lose money if you buy a longer term fund. I've got a million questions because I love your message. We have to do part two very soon. But for the interest of time, based upon that, what about bonds? What about fixed income? As you talked about it right now, I mean, with, with COVID, and with the government printing so much money everywhere around the world, you've got the UK, you've got Canada, you've got US, parts of the world that really are stimulating the economy, whether QE or some form of monetary easing. Dr. Chan, what are some of the things that you would do? What can you tell us as entrepreneurs? Because everybody listening here, entrepreneurs, a lot of investors, real estate, equities, bonds, the whole bit. What do we do moving forward? I really like this interview because this interview, you ask very good question. Let me tell you, if you have money today, what do you do? You can put your money in a saving account. You can put in a fixed deposit. Are you happy? Interest rate is so low. I don't have to ask you. Also, I know you're not happy. Now, then the <laughs> next stage, next stage, do you want to buy bonds when the interest rate is so low? It can only go up. You will buy a long-term bond fund. You're going to have big trouble. Because when the interest rate go up, you lose your pants, you know. You think it's safe, but it's actually not safe. Bond is not automatically safer, safer than your fixed deposit. Even you put your money in the fixed deposit, if the bank, the bank go bankrupt, you're going to have problem also. Now, this too doesn't seem so great. Unless you are so rich, you are not interested to make money. Low interest rate is fine. Okay, now you have another problem. They print so much money, next year or year after next, your inflation is going to go up. Your money in the fixed deposit is no good. So, okay, what are the other options? You can buy share, 
You can buy property, you can put into gold or silver. Gold is automatically the first rate. Now, you also know that gold did very well in the global financial crisis between 2008 and 2011. I think gold most probably go up more than 150% within that few years. And that's because US dollars is so weak. So they all shift to gold. Now, right after 2011, you notice that gold go a bit flat, you know, it's down a little bit until this year or last year, then gold start going up again. Then now it's a bit flat, you know, it's still quite good. Now, that's why some of the very long-term fund, they put a little bit of money in gold. But then you only have two more options. One is share, one is your property. Now, property make many, many people very rich, but you must also know the timing. You go and buy at the highest, you also get problem. So in other words, you need to know the field very well. Now, one very good option is actually share. But share is the same. You buy at the highest point, you're looking for trouble. So you... You also need to have some research, you know. But at the lowest interest rate, I think, especially when the crisis comes, share is actually a very good option. Because at the low point, you take a look at the longer term, share always outperform the fixed asset, fixed deposit, but when the interest rate are very low, you know, share outperform in a big way, in so, a big way. So you brought up something very interesting because... A lot of times people think, oh, because of COVID, because of these crises, I will now go to income. And then when you know, the economy starts to, to do better, then they go back into equities. And so you're actually saying that it's exactly the opposite. It's almost the, the methodology of running a fund, which is you need to be able to see beyond what meets the eye. You need to be able to be one step further, understand the consequences as an investor being aggressive at the right time when everybody else is running away that is that not value investing that is value investing at its heart when everybody goes in like warren buffett talks about it a lot of people talk about it when everybody's running away that's when you go in do you see that philosophy translate to the time that we are now where stocks are at a, some of the stocks are at its all-time high so instead, do you believe in chasing? Where is the high? Where is the low? How do you determine that? I think doing research is very important because things are changing. Crises don't come in the same way. They come very differently. But there is a certain point that when the market crash, crack, you know, it will go down very sharply. And you must have enough study and to say that, okay, this is a very good company. This is cycle at the lowest point. And when I come in at this point, I will make a lot of money. Uh, even though you choose 10 of them, you are right seven of them, you still make a lot of money. Now, research is very important. You need to do your research. Okay, I'm not saying I do the opposite. I'm saying that you must think ahead. You must always think ahead. And you must have a sense of where the market level is. And that is knowledge. Knowledge, research, and your experience will give you, let me share with you one more piece of information. Now, this crisis, U.S. carry a lot of weight. When U.S. start shaking up, you got problem. You can't say you have no problem. Now, let me maybe just say one sentence. U.S. at the moment is at like 16 year high. So you, you need to be careful, okay? And U.S., carry a lot of weight. But although ASEAN look cheap now, but you still have to bear that in mind. Now, 
Beginning of this year, why did we sell the share? Because 2019, US did very well. But when they moved another, when they moved in January and February, we felt we better get out. We better get out some at least. So we actually get out some. We have the money, it crashed. So you want to compare US versus global financial crisis because you cannot compare US versus Asian crisis because US is not affected by Asian crisis. Okay, now you take an example, you take global financial crisis. Global financial crisis, the market in US actually tanked 50 over percent within, and some of them even tanked 70, 80% within one and a half years. But the market went to the lowest point in, in ASEAN, went to the lowest point way ahead of 2009. They already hit the lowest point in September 2008. When 2008 September, the third quarter economic growth rate was so bad. In fact, it was a record low mm. for the year 2008. 2009, 2008, fourth quarter is worse than third quarter. But the lowest point already in the beginning of September, by the end of the year, when the economy goes so low, the market already went up 50, 60%. Now, then you say, hello, you know, this is no logic and all this thing. It's true, it's no logic, but you must have a sense of the value. That's how you win. That's why, why is value investing important and easy to understand. So that's why when uh, it crashed on February, we were very bullish. We say, okay, it is so low. You must get in. And we, we don't want to do the other way around. Sell the equity and then go to the fixed income. Okay. So in closing, a lot of people build businesses here. They deploy capital for their own businesses. You've covered some of the things like gold businesses and stocks and, and, and shares and, and real estate being some of the ways that are hedging against or even countering inflation. So Dr. Tan, share with us what you see in the crystal ball, in your crystal ball. What do you see in the next 12 months? I mean, the economy and the stock market is also usually very different, right? The stock market, stock market, economy is economy. So at this point, can you share with us what you see in the crystal ball of the next 12 months? Okay, I may be right or may be wrong, but I think I'm a bit concerned about US market because as you, you take a look at Dow Jones just a few days ago, it break the highest point in February again. Now, the market PE, which is very important, the market PE of Dow Jones is almost 16 year high. And then when are you gonna sell? You always say buy low and sell high, right? Then when are you going to start being a bit more conservative? Now, your NASDAQ, most probably 18-year high. So I'm a bit concerned of that. We are using market PE because we are looking at market. Yes. So when your market PE is at the very high point, you need to be cautious. But just take a look at February this year. The market PE at that time also very high. That's why it crashed. The market go down 38% from February the 12th to March the 23rd. That is only five and a half weeks, 11,000 points. Do you know that in global financial crisis, the one and a half year only dropped 7,600 points. But you are on a very big base now. So you need to use a bit of your research and common sense. But okay, let's put aside. You asked me about the crystal ball. I say, 
I'm a bit concerned about US. Okay, now you can also say ASEAN market still from the beginning of the year, still down between 15 to 20%. Now maybe reduced down to 15%. Earlier was 20%. But many share are dropped more than that. 50% also have. So if you want to use the value investing and then buy and hold for three, five years, I think ASEAN is cheap compared with US. Now, many of the property share, do you know what they're selling price to book? Between 0.3 to 0.4. Yes. And that, that, that's very cheap. Is the country liberalizing a bit on the property? Now, I'm just saying something like that. So now if you take China and the whole of Asia, it's almost like in the past, the whole of USA, you can run around, you can switch your industry a bit now. It's no longer like 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Now you have a lot of new economy, which is even more advanced than USA. Mm. And also your solar technology, your wind technology, your hydroelectric power and all these things, uh, and your electric car and your 5G and your e-commerce. If you take a look, it's very different now. And and a lot of like interactive advertisement, these are technology, your handphone, your advertisement. That's why sometimes I have also a lot of pressure. You need to go to this new economy that is growing very fast, particularly anything center about your handphone. Let me ask you, five years ago, what kind of handphone do you have? Today, my 5G handphone, my camera is 108 megapixel. In the old day, 20 megapixel, you can make movie already. And it's going to go better and better, you know? You need to also adjust a bit here. I'm not saying that the old economy, you cannot make money. But if the share goes so low, you can still make some money. Right. You need to, to adjust your investment strategy according to the new environment. This is something that you must learn. Then what happened to post-pandemic? You, you need to keep on watching. It's always evolving is what you're, you're saying. Is there's always so, change. So sometimes they are a bit delayed. But you, 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 to some extent, this so-called uh, investment wisdom, investment foresight is important. It's important. But the stress is that you can temporarily underperform. The worst thing is that you sell your share at the lowest when the guy start earning. So that's why we, we feel people, as a fund manager, I feel I work very hard. I'm honest. I don't want to uh, play around. I wholeheartedly manage one for you. If I cannot be perform, it's the best I can do. But I know eventually I will perform. I'm not stubborn. I'm, I'm flexible. Yes. I learn. Every day I learn, you know. Every day I talk to people. I got opportunity to talk to the CEO, to the chairman of the company. And a lot of people, especially your small mid-cap, you would like to see me. I save many people, you know, when they are almost in the most difficult time, but also at the cheapest price. I benefit. But I save him. I'm very happy I save someone. You save a company, you know how many people you save? A few hundred, thousand maybe. It's investment all about. You make money, but at the same time, you add value to the industry, to other industry, to the society. That's what it's all about. And that's, that's why I love you so happy. much. Because you not just look at the money. You don't look at just what to returns you can provide. There's a lot of things that you talk about and I encourage anybody here to, to learn more from you, you know, value investing, about investing in general, strategies and, and core values. And I think I've learned a tremendous amount from you. We've all 
gotten inspired from your sharing today with us, Dr. Tan? Once you get rich, the only job you do is to add value to the industry and the society. You got nothing else to do already because you're going to die. So why are you not doing that? Not that you are able to save everybody who are disadvantaged, but by all means, try to help out. If you cannot help out, don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dr. Tan, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for imparting your wisdom on us and sharing your insight as to what value investing and what you are doing to the industry. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you're happy, my friend. I think in a small way, I always say this. I always say that. I, well, I'm at this age. If I can add value, I, I'm quite happy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. there you have it. My friend, Dr. Tan from Singapore, Malaysia. He is the real deal. I love this guy. He is incredible. And he shared some really valuable lessons for us as investing. But not only that, but also for a business builder, for somebody who's building business, he is sharing that wisdom of building a business with us as well. I would certainly hope that you give me the pleasure of having inviting you back again and sharing your other business building philosophies as well as the market. But thank you, Dr. Tan. Guys, have a great day. Thank you.